The information provided herein is for training and educational purposes only and is not for solicitation. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, President of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you as prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. And welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Hope you're having a great day. So today I wanted to try to have a discussion with regards to something that's actually not really financially related per se. It's actually going to be dealing with the industry more than anything else. It's the two words that you potentially could hear from your financial advisor that is going to have an impact on your life and more importantly, a potential impact on the rest of your retirement life. And no, it's not the stock market's going down, although that's always possible, but The two words that you could potentially hear from your financial advisor in the future if you haven't already is, I'm retiring. So let's talk about retirement. You know, this industry is full of financial advisors that have been in the industry for 15, 20, 25, 30, 30 plus years. And many of these individuals, males, females, they've been financial advisors a long time. They've built their business And they're looking for an exit strategy. They're to the age now where they're looking to retire. They're looking to enter their phase of retirement, just like they've been helping you get ready for yours. But the problem is, is that when you have a financial advisor that you have built a relationship with over the course of maybe a couple of decades, and all of a sudden that financial advisor now lets you know that they're going to be retiring, that can be kind of scary. It can be scary because now we're looking at what's going to happen in the future. Certainly, there is a couple of possibilities here. The first possibility is that the financial advisor has already been grooming another financial advisor to take over his position. He's been working with a younger financial advisor, one that is up and coming, that wanted to get into the industry And potentially it's a son, potentially it's a daughter, maybe it's someone that they just were able to hire and they found and they've been kind of grooming them as to how they do business. But the reality is, is that oftentimes financial advisors retire and they sell their practice. And when they sell their practice, we know that another practice, another firm is likely to buy your financial advisor's practice from him or from her. Now, when this happens, the thing we want to consider today is what the possible consequences could be, because this can turn out one of two ways. This could turn out really, really well, or it could potentially pose some challenges to you. So let's consider a couple of things. If you've got a pen and paper, I want you to write this down. I'd like you to write 1982 to 2000. You see, from 1982 to 2000, that represented the single best secular bull market that our stock market has ever experienced. 
And isn't it true that our earliest experiences in life, those are the ones that kind of set the paradigm for us and how we view life and how we think about things? To share a funny story with you, one time I had a client that had gone out to Boston to see her daughter. And she was sitting in the kitchen with her daughter and her little granddaughter. And this daughter is taking a roast and she's preparing the roast. She's seasoning the roast. She's getting ready to put it into the roasting pan. And all of a sudden she takes out a big knife and she cuts off one end of the roast. And then she cuts off the other end of the roast. And then she puts it into the roasting pan. And my client looked at her daughter and she said, honey, what in the world are you doing? And she said, well, mom, you always cut the ends of the roast off. And my client started to laugh and she said, yes, but honey, that's because I didn't have a big enough roasting pan. You see, sometimes our earliest experiences are the things that kind of just set the tone for how we live our life. Sometimes we have good things. Sometimes we have bad things. Well, in the world of the financial advisor, it's important to understand when they got into the business because when they got into the business may indeed affect how they view Wall Street. And you see, individual investors that have been around longer than 1982, they've potentially seen some really bad times within the stock market. Certainly your financial advisor, if he was in the business in 1982 and he's retiring today, well, he was able to see what a secular bear market looked like. Maybe not in its completion, but from 2000 to 2003, he was there when the stock market lost 50%. In 2007 to 2009, he was there to watch and experience the S&P 500 lose over 60%. The question now becomes, though, what about that new up-and-coming financial advisor that's about to take over the business, that's about to take over the management of your account? What is that financial advisor's mindset going to be? What has he experienced? Well, if we think about what the market has done, from the low of 2009, the market has gone basically straight up. Yeah, we've had a few moments where the market was down, say, 10, 15, even 20%. Last quarter of 2018, we saw the stock market lose 20%. That kind of pales in comparison to the 50% loss that we saw at the turn of the century. It certainly pales in comparison to the 60% loss that we saw in the middle of 2000. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense, or if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. So if this young advisor is coming in and he's taking over the business, what is his mindset going to be? You see, the thing that caused me to talk about this topic today was the fact that just recently I had a lady become a client of mine, and her financial advisor unfortunately had passed away. He had had a massive heart attack, and so the firm that he was with had hired a new financial advisor to take this gentleman's place. And as my client was continuing on, she 
kept watching her statement. And of course, this financial advisor, he was a young guy. He was awfully aggressive. She knew that. But she started watching her account. And because he had discretion over the account, every time she had a bond mature, he would take the money from the bond and he would put it into a mutual fund. Well, my client was kind of the old-fashioned type. She liked interest and dividends. She liked investing by contract. She liked that steady stream of income that was coming to her every single month. She liked the fact that when she held her bond to maturity, she got all of her money back. And yet this financial advisor, even though she had told him and filled out all of his assessment of risk tolerance and his surveys, that she was more on the conservative end, he was taking her money and he was investing it more and more aggressively. You see, as you retire or as you get closer to retirement, do you want to take on more risk or do you want to take on less risk? Well, this is why it is so important to understand that if your financial advisor is retiring, if he's in the process, that you make a serious assessment about that new financial advisor's values, what he knows about stock market history, what his area of specialty is and his skill set. What does he do? Does he focus more on the aggressive end of things? Is he into individually held stocks and stock mutual funds and index funds? Or does he truly understand that you're getting older, your risk tolerance is declining, and you need to begin focusing more and more of your money on fixed income? Well, that brings us to another point. You see, most financial advisors over the course of the last several years have fallen victim to what I would consider to be the disease of ease. And what do I mean by that? You see, today, when we think about the world of the financial services industry, the financial world is trying to do as little as it can, get paid as much as it can, and still come out okay. It's a business like anything else, and we don't hold that against the financial services industry. But the problem is, is that we do business a lot differently today than we used to 30 years ago. Today, we have things like mutual funds. And so when we think about investing in bonds, why we don't go out and take the time to review and to look at all the different financial ratios of certain bonds and do calculations for yield to worst and yield to maturity do all the investigation, but rather most financial advisors today are relying upon the fund managers to do all of that research. They're relying upon the firm to provide them the research and the data for which funds are doing the best. And so if I can, on that piece of paper, I'd like you to draw a little box. I'd like you to see just how hard it is for this potentially new financial advisor to put you into a mutual fund or to allocate your account. Are you ready? Take that little box that you've drawn and now put a check mark in that box. That was pretty hard, wasn't it? You see, today the disease of ease comes at quite the cost. Not only can funds be pretty expensive, but they force you to have to pay fees, potentially 12B1 fees, expense ratios, in addition to that, when you need income, you're in a position where instead of getting a steady stream of income that could range from, say, 4 to 7% consistently and pretty steadily, 
Now you're in a position where if you need income, you may end up having to sell shares. And let me ask you, isn't selling shares counterproductive? Why would you want to sell the only thing that you have that's actually has the capability of producing you anything? Once you sell a share, do you ever have that share left? No, that share is gone. It's gone unless you repurchase that share. So you see, as we see this older generation of financial advisors retire and get out of the business, they're looking at the market. They're saying, well, if I retire now, I'm getting out on the top of the market. I'm going to let the next generation come in. Well, that next generation, they really may not have the experience to have seen what the market produced. They weren't there to experience the 50% loss and the 60% loss of the mid-2000s. All they're aware of is a market that has gone up since, say, 2009. That's all they've known. And so their mindset is going to be that of being aggressive, being risky, because the more risk you take, the more reward you get. And yet, do you see where that could potentially work against you? Because the older you are, the closer to retirement you are the less time you have to be able to recover if the market goes through a major stock market correction. Do the right thing and reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some materials for you that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll toss them in the mail if you prefer. If you have questions, I will do my very best to spend a few moments to answer those questions for you. So take the first step. Reach out to us at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. You're going to want to hear the conclusion of this matter. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about another time frame in history that has affected how we think about our money. But unfortunately, not so much for this generation of financial advisors. Stick around. Do you understand the difference between investing for growth and investing for income? That's okay. Most folks don't. Investing for growth is your typical Wall Street portfolio full of stocks and mutual funds. The problem is, in order to physically obtain any real money that you can use for your day-to-day expenses, you have to sell them, which means you don't own them anymore. So now you have either far less to generate that growth, or worse yet, You don't have anything left to create more growth for next month's expenses. On the other side of the coin, when you invest for income, your hard-earned retirement dollars are invested in products that may provide steady, predictable cash put directly into your bank account month after month to help provide for your retirement. For your free, no-obligation, growth versus income information kit, call 866-290-3837 to learn how to transform from your high-risk, big-fee Wall Street growth portfolio into a steady, predictable, income-generating retirement plan. Call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. 2903837 or visit johnsonwim.com that's johnsonwim.com and welcome back to the capitalized life and retirement show i'm your host matthew johnson president and owner of johnson wealth and income management hope you're having a great day if you're just joining us today we're talking about your financial advisor letting you know that he's about to retire. 
You see, we're seeing more and more financial advisors within the financial services industry retire today. They're looking at the market. They're seeing that the market is at an all-time high. And they're thinking, you know what? Now is the time to exit the market. Now is the time to get the next financial advisor in here so that I can retire and I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. But as with all things, we know that decisions with financial advisors have a major impact. They have a major impact on you because you have been spending years upon years developing a relationship with your financial advisor, and you've been kind of grooming him on your mindset. He's been grooming you on his mindset. He's been doing things for you based upon your feedback. And now as he's transitioning, he either has the choice of hiring a financial advisor to take over his practice and potentially own it or sell it to that financial advisor. So the new guy, the new gal is responsible for running the business the way that they want to, or potentially he's a career guy. He works for a major brokerage firm, a major stock market firm. And once he retires, he's going to be leaving it up to the firm to find a new financial advisor to take over. But those things can have an impact. And in the first part of the program, we were talking about You see, the older financial advisors, they've got a little bit of experience, don't they? They've been around. They've seen the stock market do really, really well. And I had you write down on your piece of paper, 1982 to 2000, the longest and best market in history, in 200 years of stock market history. And if you spent 18 years of your life in an industry where the market was doing extremely well, That's going to help you be pretty optimistic about the stock market. That's going to help you see some really good traits about the stock market. And it's going to potentially affect your mindset and your set of values and the fact that you believe everyone should have money in the stock market. But they've also seen a little bit of volatility, haven't they? If your financial advisor has been around since before 2000, he saw where the stock market, the S&P, lost half. In three years, he saw where the stock market in two and a half years from 2007 to nine lost over 60%. What about this new financial advisor? Well, if he's been around and let's say he got into the business in 2009 or even later, all he has seen really for volatility is what we saw in the last quarter of 2018, where the S&P was down 20%, the Dow Jones was down 20%, the NASDAQ was down roughly 29 You see, he has a lot more good than he does negative. And so as a result, if he's young, if he's trying to build the practice, if he wants to, you know, make his commission sales or he wants to drive growth, what is he going to naturally be more? Is he going to be naturally more of a conservative? Is he going to be naturally more of an aggressive advisor? I'm going to lay my money on the fact that he or she is going to be more aggressive. Number two Because of that mindset, because of the experience of today and how the financial services industry has kind of morphed and they've gone from doing things the old-fashioned way where they research individually a lot of individual bonds and preferreds and things that create income, his new business model, your financial advisor's new business model may be that of growth and not so much that of income. Very few financial advisors still focus on doing things the old-fashioned way, where they focus on growing your money the old-fashioned way, 
through interest and dividend production. And let me ask you, would your definition of retirement success be the same as mine? Where you have retired successfully, if you have more income than you will ever need, isn't that the epitome of retiring and being successful in retirement, having more income than you'll ever need? You see, maybe you've never considered it. Maybe you've never thought about the fact that it's not so much what we're worth that defines if we're successful in retirement. It's how much income we have. For instance, what if I gave you a piece of property that was worth a million dollars? I just gave it to you. I deeded this piece of property over to you in your name. But yet this piece of property barely produced enough income to pay the property taxes on it. You'd be looking at me saying, what did you do to me, Matthew? I don't want this piece of property. It's worth a million dollars, right? You can put it on your balance sheet. But see, it's not what you're worth. It's how much income you get. Farmers understand this. When they own farm ground, it's not about what their farm ground is worth. It's not if it's worth 5000 or 7000 or even 10000 Unless they're getting ready to sell the piece of ground, they're not interested in what their ground is worth. But let me ask you, what are they interested in? They're interested in one of two things. If they're working the ground, they're interested in the yield, what production, what it's producing for them. If they're simply retired and they're still owning the ground, but they're renting the ground, what are they interested in now? They're interested in the rental income. You see, younger financial advisors, I believe, have fallen captive to this disease of ease where they checkmark a box, they pass the responsibility of management onto a mutual fund manager. And they also put you into a position, potentially, where if you need income, instead of you maintaining and keeping your principal together, they're simply forcing you to spend your principal because you have to sell shares to get income. So if you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense, or you have questions about our discussion today, I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. My team will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value, and we'll email them to you or we'll throw them in the mail to you if you prefer. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step, reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Now, if you've still got that pencil and that piece of paper, I'd like you to write down another period of time that has affected the rest of the world and how we look at money, especially here in America. I'd like you to write down 1929 to 1954. Now, what does that generation represent? That generation represents the individuals that saw the stock market decline Over a three-year period of time, from 1929 to 1932, they saw the stock market lose over 90%. I'm not certainly saying that the stock market's going to lose 90%. But can you imagine what that generation went through? And the lessons that they learned about money, and more importantly, the lessons that they learned about investing money. Recently, I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was visiting a friend of mine And in fact, we were talking about this particular generation, the generation that went through the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. And my friend was telling me about when he was 12 years old, he went to his grandmother's house and he went into her bathroom and 
He looked down on the counter, and there was a used roll of tooth floss. And he looked at his grandma, and he said, Grandma, that's gross. That's used tooth floss. And she said, Greg, it's not gross. You see, you'll never know when you might need something. You see, his grandmother had gone through that period of time. She knew what it was like to lose, and she knew what it was like to do without. It gave me goose pimples because I remember not so long ago, I was a young shaver. I was maybe 14 or 15, and my grandmother, who lived in Spencer, Iowa, well, this was before I knew what a hoarder was, but I had gone into my grandmother's basement, and my grandmother's basement was just chock full of stuff, everything. And she had this row of coffee cans, five-pound coffee cans, that were completely full of lard, rendered fat, from years and years and years. And I said, Grandma, what do you have coffee cans full of lard with? Lard and fat, what do you have this for? That's gross. And my grandmother looked at me and she said, Honey, I've got that so that I can make soap when there isn't any. Think about the words that she just used. I have that so I can make soap when there isn't any. You see, that generation learned a thing or two about money. And I'm afraid that what they learned came at a great price. But they learned that there was nothing more important than your principle. They learned that there was nothing more important than your principle and keeping that principle intact. Because if you kept your principle intact and you made that principle work for you by earning interest and dividends, that principle would last as long as you did. They learned that that principle could create interest and dividend income where you could live off from the interest and the dividends and never have to touch the principle. But unfortunately, the problem that I see is that this new generation of financial advisors that are coming in that are taking over the retiring financial advisors firm, they haven't learned this lesson. And in some ways, I'm grateful for that. But in many respects, It scares me because the lessons of life, the lessons of history have gone by the wayside and generations, today's generation has forgotten what the lessons were. They're all about growth. They're all about accumulation. And you see, as you get closer to retirement and you're about to quit your job or maybe you've just retired, your focus isn't on growth. Your focus is on distribution and income and taking what you've worked so hard for and no longer risking it to the craziness of the stock market, no longer risking it to the headlines and to what the Federal Reserve does with interest rates and what trade talks will do. You see, the problem is is that you and I, we can vote, but we have very little impact on what politicians do and what they say. Unfortunately, what they do and they say, though, has a great impact on your financial savings account. And so my question to you is, if you know that your financial advisor is getting older, you know that your financial advisor is about to retire, maybe you want to consider to become more proactive. You really want to scrutinize the new financial advisor that's coming in, taking over the business, or where your advisor is going to be selling his practice to, to whom, and what their mindset is. Is there area of skill set? Is it on accumulation and growth and taking risks and growth by risk? 
selling shares to get income? Or do they know the lessons of the stock market? And do they know the lessons of history? And do they know that as you age, you need to become more conservative and you need to take your principle and protect that principle and then make that principle create interest and dividend income for you consistently and steadily year by year so that you never have to worry about running out of money before you run out of life. Well, there's the topic for today, the retiring advisor and what it may mean for you and what it may mean for your retirement savings and the rest of your retired life. If the things we talked about today made sense to you and you said, you know what, I really want to get a grasp of what it's like to turn my money into something that can create interest and dividend income for me for the rest of my life. I encourage you to reach out to me. Give us a call. Telephone number is 866-290-3837. My staff will be happy to arrange a phone call between you and I. I'll take a few minutes out of my day to discuss the world of fixed income with you, help you understand how it could potentially be safer for you and create the retirement that you want for yourself and your family. Again, that number is 866-290-3837. Until next time, make it a great day. I'm Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, your host of the Capitalized Life and Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. 